SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On the viewpoint. A disturbing tradition, not that it hasn't any merit, is that there is again this year, as was the case last year and the year before, a call for a national shutdown of universities. The national spokesperson for the EFF Student Brigade, is on the line to talk to us about what is going on and why this call of all possible avenues to preserve at least the very limited contact time of universities and the integrity and building of the culture of teaching and learning. Ola, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. And just to the listeners who are listening to Fashion on Air, um, just to jump right into it, I think yes. the biggest crisis that we have is that we have universities in a state that seems to fall into a great political amnesia. So they forget that they must make room and, and make um, learning and higher education accessible for the black child, particularly those who were previously disenfranchised because of apartheid legacy. So we've got basically a state and the institutions that year in, year out need to be reminded that we can't afford and students must year in, year out go and parade their poverty for institutions to mock them and turn them away. So we once again said, you know what, we need to make a call for free decolonial education because clearly what the state president in 2017, said and declared as free education has not materialized. So we've had to say, you know what, no institution can, in fact, not even just institution, nothing can be business usual when black children are still disenfranchised and, and, and in university spaces and even colleges are inaccessible spaces for the black child. Shut down the university and then what? You shut down the university, you force them to make a financial concession that says free education must happen. And then immediately universities resume. The next conversation then becomes how are these institutions made safer for students? The next conversation is how do we decolonize the curriculum? It's, it's, a, consist, it's a continuous cycle to say we must undo the legacy of a borrowed system that was anti-us. At what point does the shutdown end and classes resume if all of these need to take place? Bearing in mind they're probably not going to take place in a day or week, and I would even say it probably might take a couple of months at the bare minimum. How, how, however long it takes, I think that the biggest way to, I was looking mm. at your Cuba that, that had to go on three years um, just to have such a strike. I looked at what happened in 2016 with the second phase or the second wave of FISMAS 4, and that happened over a period of three months. But we do not necessarily want such a process. Students want to learn, but they can't access university. So until our demands are met, that's how long the shutdowns will continue. Isn't the issue NISFAS? Because ultimately, NISFAS exists for precisely this challenge. Those who cannot afford, and there's a means test that is adopted, and there's no way in South Africa for the purposes of accessing credit or loans, a means test of whatever kind isn't conducted. Isn't that that, ultimately what I'm getting from you, if you give me a chance, Paula? The point 
that really ought to be charged is the structure of NISFAS, how money is distributed, where the management goes wrong between the distribution of funds from NISFAS to the university, from the university into the student's account, isn't what ultimately is the cause of this shutdown. A breakdown in how the national policy in terms of funding students is being handled by the agent. And I'm not suggesting NISFAS is the problem, but money is distributed by NISFAS to the universities and when they get into the hands of the student. Isn't that the breakdown in ultimately that is the cause of this position? No, it is not. I think that's basically the biggest flaw that we found within the narrative that has found some form of expression within media to say the conversation is about NESAS and, and about mm. the national scheme of funding. The conversation sure. must always be a conversation about free decolonial education. And what that then encompasses is to say it's not just about the financing, it's about the curriculum, it's about even safety on campuses, which translates to dealing with issues of gender-based violence and, and other heteronormative bodies that you find within society. So, But the biggest currently what we are being pushed towards is to use the, in the system of NSS. But even that, it, 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 it is a very problematic system because mm. it, 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 it gauges on the fact that year in, year out, black students must perform their poverty and after performing their poverty, there will be a, a, a breakdown in a system that will leave out administratively many other students who are already disenfranchised. So those who can't apply online because they've never seen a computer, those are still the realities in an ANC-led government in 2020. That there are students who don't even know what a computer is. There are students who, who don't even see the Internet beyond their cell phone. And even those that have cell phones, it's a big deal. And you say that that, that child must then apply for NFSAS. That child must then apply for institutions of higher learning in time. It, 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 it projects a reality that favors an elite few that have access to these. So NFSAS conversation is a conversation that can be had by those who have a privilege of access, that have a privilege to resources to even apply. And so when you have a system that immediately marginalizes a few, disenfranchises a few, it is problematic from it, from the onset. The narrative, though, that we find finding expression within the NSS conversation, and this one is much fixed right now, is that the means test is very, we find very, very problematic. No, 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 I don't dispute that the way in which the means test might be engaged sure, sure, might sure. obviously create more casualties sure. than it does beneficiaries. I'm not yeah. disputing that and I haven't really engaged it in such granular details as you probably sure. would and have to have. But, sure. okay, let me for a moment concede that we are having yeah. a different conversation as to what is actually necessary to happen. Everything else that you say then has to happen as a conversation in terms of making access to education free as was promised in the manifesto of 94 ultimately for the vote or the right to to to, to govern and institutions and documents before that for instance the freedom charter all so, these things that need to take place including but not limited to for instance the decolonization of the education mm -hmm. to hell with Afrikaans as opposed to that now sits at the Hector Peterson Museum mm -hmm. can that all not take place and happen in parallel with teaching no it can't because immediately when the teaching process continues you've got a immediately you've got a student who's in your institution who's probably hungry, who doesn't have access to accommodation, who can't some can't even access university because there's no money for them to even be in such a space. So it means that 
you're having a bad conversation outside of a particular flu. And we know that the color of that particular flu is black and an African scholar. Can we so talk about color? Yeah. The, 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 the content and character of the typical university that would go on strike, like for instance, and I'm not necessarily saying these figures sure. are accurate, but sure. you are more likely to see a national shutdown of a university in a what we call previously black university versus yes. a national shutdown of a university of what was previously white. And again, the yes. divisions, because you brought it into the fray, there are color divisions here. You don't hear and will probably not hear anytime soon, certainly not with the kind of traction, sure. at Stellenbosch University, there being sure. no teaching, as you might say, at the Mafeking sure. University of the Northwest, sure. as I saw earlier sure. on today. Sure. Sure. Does that, even inadvertently, not create yeah. the kind of problem ultimately you're trying to address in that teaching time, contact time, it is there for a student at Stellenbosch? Sure. And it is absent in the same time for a student who's trying to access university but is in mafia gang because of the national shutdown which has been adopted by the university university structures, uh, student structures, that is. In, in, in adversity, I think I, I must concede that in truth, substantively, institutions like your, your, your UJ, your Northwest University, Porchestrom, your Stellenbosch, and at times even fundamentally your UCT, become very militarized to the point that it's not that students are not saying, hey, let's, let's, let's revolt, let's change the system, yet the system is very, very harsh to them. You'll find that even Rhodes University, there are students who were suspended for life for fighting and standing up against the rapists and saying rapists must leave their, their campus. So you find that those institutions, it's not because students aren't trying to revolt, it's not because students aren't suffocating, as Fanon puts it, and are trying to find expression to breathe, but it's the fact that in those institutions that they're so militarized that it becomes difficult for a minority black group to continue to, to, to strike. And what that means then is that we rely on institutions where the majority is the black, um, students, a black Ola. scholar who will be Ola, quick question, quick question. Yeah. Can I please interrupt you? Hold on yeah. to that point. We rely on the majority of universities who have an influence, strong influence or number in black Africans. That is the point sure. you're trying to make. I have to take the sure. news break now and I can, okay. absolutely cannot delay it any further. Good evening, Grecho. It's time for news. Scholar returns after the break. On the viewpoint. In conversation with Mr. Ola Mechlomakulu, National Spokesperson of the EFF Student Command. Good evening to those South Africans who have joined us. Welcome to The Viewpoint with myself, Songa Zomabegla. Recap in the first hour, we had a conversation about countercharges to assault and intimate partner violence at large as a conversation with advocate Brenda Madumisa, Director of WISE for Africa. With another five or so minutes that remain now, Mr. Ola Mechlomakulu is having a discussion with me in relation to the national shutdown of universities that has been scored among the sponsors of is the FF Student Command together with the National Union of South African Students. In a question before the news break that I posed to him, does it not perpetuate the racial inequality that we find in typical universities that are your black institutions, formerly anyway, your Fortes, not that Fortes on a national strike, but I'm talking about in the general sense, your former black universities are the ones who, if in taking up this national shutdown of universities, further perpetuate the social inequality that pertains 
obtains when a student at a university like, for instance, University of Pretoria or University of Stellenbosch is not on strike at the same time at which they are expected four years into their academic studies, they have got the necessary qualifications to be productive in commerce. Ola was now about to respond to that question with the particular words saying that it is unfortunate that where the masses of African students, and he continues. Yeah, so as I was saying, that where the masses of African, like previously disadvantaged institutions, that you find that as much as they are militarized and as harsh on, on black bodies as these institutions that are now your, your former Ivy League institutions and still predominantly white institutions, that there's a mass collective of black people who are able to organize themselves. And it's a lot tougher for these institutions who are your Ivy League institutions to really organize themselves. But in that, we've seen how when students organize themselves, that they can equally organize themselves to go and shut down those institutions that, that fail to shut down on their own because there's already a brewing revolt. And I think it, it brings to the fact that this is a generational mission. And consequently, there will be a, a, a price to pay that comes, for example, time loss. Or, or, and I don't necessarily believe it's time loss. I believe it's time gained for the revolution and rather time lost by those who seek to, to try and shut down the revolution. So in, 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 in our own perspective, I think it is a necessary price for the revolution to, pre- to pay, but specifically when those black students, at the end of the day, the generational mission will be something that, that allows all students, even when they go to a UCT, even when they go to a UJ, you're still in Bosch, that even those institutions will start being, will start allowing black children to enter because they can actually enter even though they can't afford to. My brother, have you had any engagements with the Higher Minister of Education, Dr. Bladen Zamanda, on this matter? We, we have. As an organization, I believe that there have been two, two sit-downs. The first one as an organization was, uh, the, the most saddest was for the first one was about the readiness of high institutions and a meeting that in fact adjourned and was postponed because it, it didn't yield any results. But the secondary one where it was then with uh, members of parliament who we were fortunate to be to have members in the Portfolio Committee of Education. We have EFF members there and our president sat with them. There was not any readiness as far as the government is concerned to even speak on the subject of free education or to even speak about how they'll make sure that education is accessible for the black child. Were you not sold a dummy, Kola? Were you not sold a dummy in 2017 when the then president, Mshorozi, announced <laughs> this free education <laughs> thing? Because there had been absolutely no research, there had been no sure. document that had circulated either at party or national level, no university had even been asked by any credible institution to probe whether or not in South Africa as at that time free education was viable to the extent that it was what measures would be used to unlock that money. It was simply announced it took universities themselves by surprise university students didn't know and they simply demanded what the president had said now because we are where we are now three years down the line the question has to be were you not sold a dummy? I think ours is to make sure that whatever it was that we received becomes what we need it to be. And that's what 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 was raised by the, the then state president was a response to a call by a student collective that had shut down the country. And whether 
in, in fact, they were not certain whether they were go, how they were going to do it or whether it was going to be done. I think it speaks to the fact that education must be a social good. It must not be commodified. And the moment that you begin to have com- conversations that speak to delegitimize a, a, a decommodification of education, and that's what ha- happened with those, I think there was those sittings that they had around the country where people were looking at the feasibility of education, and that was the wrong conversation for us. The conversation was never about feasibility, but the conversation was to say that education must be decommodified so that us as a mm-hmm. country, because we understand it is a means to service Africa. And then you look at your, your institutions that are in your JSC, you look at your profits, you look at your corrupt institutions like your Senof and, and what they made out with, and you look at what it takes to fund free education. An education model would come out, but the private sector doesn't want to play ball. Government doesn't is benefiting from private sector institutions and, and they're held by white monopoly capital. So no one will speak on decommodifying education when it's going to be something that touches and taxes the, 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 the private sector. And that's the conversation that we have, we must really deal with. To say, when we have NFSAF as the go-to area, when we have a conversation about free education, it's problematic mm. because the it's people funny. who are... Who, who, yeah? No, no, I'm, I'm just saying, when you talk about the decommodifying of education, yeah. as long as what pertains on the ground persists, the opposite sure. is actually taking place. So look at the growth post-94 of sure. private tertiary institutions and their availability, Varsity sure. College. Um, sure. Man, without at all really mentioning names now, because I'm going to get myself, my wires crossed, but the growth sure. of private fun- private privately funded sure. institutions sure. of higher learning sure. that's now competing with the university entrant or sure. matriculant sure. is much higher. You've got sure. even in primary and high schools, I mean, I'll mention sure. the advent of Curo schools, just to name sure. but one. It sure. is because the public sector funding model and the quality sure. that is now being produced in the public sector for whatever reason, which is not the discussion now, sure is simply creating a market for private education. I would dare say even national shutdown of universities lends itself to the strengthening of the private market in education. That's exactly what we need to address. And that's why we're saying the conversation of free education must never be just about conversation about money. But we must look at to say, how are students calling for the decommodification of education? And why are people trying to suppress a narrative that says, Go, we want free education to be funded by those who benefited from our disenfranchisement. We want education to, to be paid for by those who are wealthy, those who ripped off and made our parents um, kitchen girls and made our fathers to be garden boys. Those are the people that we must not be giving room to privatize. Those are the people who we want their money to circulate into education. And that's when we say decommodification. It means they don't text. Our parents, who are who are just now years in nurses, because those were the only characters that they could actually afford and and get into because of such systems. But go and look at your private sector and force the private sector to plant into education, and that's the biggest problem that we've had within the state. You say the state because it's particularly state men are a part of shareholders in those companies. Even our state president, they they. they they are, they, they are shareholders in these JSC-listed companies, and so they'll defend them to death. But those are the people that when we're speaking for education, we want them to be the ones who fund and pay for the poor black child because they've benefited from an unjust system. Final comment. 
from you. This is what I'm going to put to you just to realize what it means for a national shutdown. Take away January, take away December, 10 months. There's no teaching or learning in that time. Sure. Three weeks in the June-July break plus a week and a half, week and a half in the Easter and Heritage Day break. That's six weeks. That's a month and a half half gone. So we Uh are sitting now at eight and a half weeks. Minus one week, SWAT week in in November, one week in June. That's another two weeks. We'll be sitting at eight weeks. So that's already two-thirds. I mean, sort of three-quarters of the year or one-quarter of the full academic year, it's gone. Now, then we get into a place where exams are two weeks and exams are two weeks. So that's another four weeks, one month gone, seven months. We've got in a cycle of 12 months, actual teaching time, contact time is just over half, seven months out of 12. But it doesn't have to be that way. Like, I think the the unfortunately, the call is that way. The call is taking away, not from December, not from January. It's taking away from the existing seven months. Who can't get into institutions in December? That's not the conversation. The conversation must be that institutions must allow students in whether whether they can pay or whether they can't pay. And once that conversation happens, we will gladly go back to class. We'll gladly tell our members, go back to institutions, the shutdown is over. But until free education is realized, until the issues that our students are confronted with, particularly the issue of gender-based violence and unsafety of campuses, there is there can't be an institution that is without the black poor child. And that's why we're saying that it's, it, it must be a call that we are notably making, saying it's not that students are saying we don't want to go to class, therefore we are striking. We're saying we want to go to class, therefore we are striking. And, and that's the conversation that we must be having. We, 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 we can't afford to entertain a conversation that says we, should, we, we, we must All right. consider how the year is being wasted. The year is not being wasted. The revolution is gaining. We'll consider your thoughts and we'll have another conversation on another day. But thanks nonetheless for your time and your sober engagement. Mr. Kola Mekhlamakul, National Spokesperson of the EFF Student Command, talking to us about the national shutdown of universities. They, together with especially the National Union of South African Students, in engaging the Ministry of Higher Education, have, for whatever reason, they have not yet resolved the impasse that pertains. A national university shutdown is on the way. Apparently, it's all part of the revolution. Those are the words of Mr. Kola Mekhlamakul, whose perspectives I appreciate. Not always necessary for me to agree with him or him with me. Nonetheless, we appreciate debate. After the short ad break, the African narrative segment is in. South Africa's chairpersonship, President Maposa outlines South Africa's AU chairpersonship agenda. After that, we rather on the other side of the break, we have Mr. David Letswalo, who is the acting head Institute for Dispute Resolution in Africa to talk to us more about that.